And welcome back to the Quarter 3 Podcast. This is episode 55 of the podcast. I am your host, Spencer Breedlove, and I get to do this podcast with my wife, Lisa. Lisa and I met nearly 30 years ago. Can you believe that? We did. May 19th, 1993. We were in middle school. We were not Not really. It's okay. (laughs) We were not. (laughs) I was trying to make it sound younger. We were in college. We were. Middle college. Middle, Who set middle us of up? college. So you were we were set up um by your sister Christy and her friend Jonathan yes. because they thought we would be a good match because uh, we're both short. Right. They later told us that. We they kept saying we knew y'all would be perfect. We knew y'all would be a good match. And we're like, How did y'all know that? You're both short. And they said because we're both short. All I got to say is this. <laughs> Dynamite comes in small packages. That was good. That's pretty good, one. Yeah. Because you dynamite. So are you, hon. So with this podcast, um, we launched this podcast in 2021 with the mission to inform your mind, inspire your heart, and ignite your joy. And here we're going to share our joys, our triumphs, our challenges, and even painful moments and how we are growing through each of them. Yes. We hope that you will laugh with us or at us, take time to think and even have your emotions moved to tears. So on this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about changing direction. Oh, okay. Changing direction. But before we do that, Lisa, you got our quarter three podcast. I do. Of the week. Yes. Here we go. Do you like roller coasters and what is the best and the worst roller coaster you've ever been on love roller coasters absolutely love them i used to be afraid of them really like, yeah like out like when, when well when i was younger uh-huh and maybe middle school high school really i was not a fan of roller coasters even in high school yeah six flags so and i heard start? about the mind bender uh-huh no i didn't want to do that because yes. I knew that it went upside down. I was afraid it was going to fall out. <laughs> and I forget when I rode the Mindbender. I think it was still called Mindbender at at Six Flags. It might have. Then it changed I think it to was, the Joker. Then it t- yes. changed to the Joker and all that stuff. Yeah. So I do love I, when I finally jumped on that roller coaster and, and I was like, did it. it was awesome. So awesome. you didn't like them, but you'd never really tried them. Uh, no, that's right. So, okay. True. Okay. But when I did, I think I did like uh, the Scream Machine at Six Flags, uh-huh. the first one. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, that was fun. Now, it was that's the worst roller coaster, though. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There was, I mean, it was rough. I think I, I, think I got off of that roller coaster in my it wasn't a mind bender. It was a mind shaker. Body shaker. It was a, yeah. yeah. I, I think Brain I, shaker. I came off needing, I came off needing like a chiropractic adjustment. Okay. So what's your favorite? But my favorite roller coaster, it would have to be, do you remember that time we went to, um, we were on a mission trip in, Northern part of Kentucky, just yes. south of Indiana. Yes. And there Christmas, is, Indiana. And there's a little town called Christmas, Indiana. Uh-huh. And in Christmas, Indiana, they had 
this roller coaster, this this theme park. Uh huh. And they had it was like one of the world one of the world's first wooden world's first and fastest wooden roller coaster. And that one was awesome. That one was good. It was fun. That one was good. And but then you know now with all of the other ones like Superman, Batman. Uh-huh. Um, I remember. I think there was one that we did. I got a lot of fun ones. Like there's one where it, you just it's like you shoot out of a cannon. Probably the my favorite one, and this uh-huh. is probably your favorite, is the rock and roller coaster. Yes, that's my favorite. Yeah. That is my favorite. The rock and roller coaster I mean, at, at, at Disney. I mean, what's better than going 70-something miles an hour with rock music playing? Right in your ears. I mean, it's like... <laughs> it's also Aerosmith, Aerosmith playing. Aerosmith playing in the background. And you're flying. Yes. Through neon. That was... That's my favorite. That one would be... That's a good that's my one. my favorite. Now, other than the scream machine beating y'all to death? Yeah. Free fall. I you don't like it. those. Uh-uh. That's not really a roller coaster, Spencer. What the heck is it? It's just a drop. It's called Free Fall. Like Tower of Terror. Y'all don't like that one. No. And I like those. Those are stupid. You wait in line. <laughs> like arachnophobia where you go up and you just. Yeah. You wait in line for hours for a. You drop. It takes your stomach, though. It's a like, six second, not even six second drop. Now, Tower of Terror, you go up and down and That's stupid. some of that. Okay. We're like talking this. about roller coasters. Well, it's on wheels. Okay. It's oh. on rails. Oh, it's just dropping straight down. Yeah. And then. Roller coaster. It was rolling down. No, 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 no. Okay. Moving on. Speaking of changing direction. It's my turn. Your turn. I love roller coasters. But. um. Yeah, I think I have changed over the years in that I I did used to like Scream Machine when I was younger. And I think my body didn't feel all those bumps as much. But as I got older and kept riding it, I was like, ooh, this is not, not good. This is not so good. Mm-hmm. It's not what I remember. And it's very rickety and shaky. And it's an old one. But it... I did love riding. Did you ever try to get in the very front of the roller coaster or the very back of the roller coaster. That was my goal. I want to get the front. To ride every roller coaster in the front car and in the back car. No, the back might even be now some of the places some of the, the even backs more are the fun best. because the other people are already in the loop and coming out and you're just going into the loop. Uh-huh. And so you're above people when you look down. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, it's weird. But that, that was my goal. And I think at Six Flags I did it. Yeah, some um, some some roller coasters. Back. The best seat is the back. Mm-hmm. But the front is great too. And Scream Machine, I remember I'd come way up out of that seat. Oh yeah, because I didn't weigh very much. But, yeah, those. Uh huh. Yeah, but Mindbender was my favorite. Bar and Mindbender was the favorite because it had the three loops and uh-huh. the corkscrews. But then I do believe it's really close for me. But I've always wanted to fly. Superman. Yeah. Superman was awesome. So I do, I do love the Superman ride. Like it broke down when I was in line and people were like getting out by the throngs. And I'm like, 
I don't care. I'm staying in it. They'll fix it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love, and I don't hold on. I do not hold on when I ride roller coasters. Mm-mm. Right? That's right. the point. You, That's the whole point. You, the whole thing is to keep your arms up, and especially when you're doing the loops. It's like gravity is pulling your arms back down, but you fight it, and you keep your arms up and scream. Can you imagine if you went to Wally World? Well, I, I just remember the roller coaster ride, and he's and like, got the gun to the guy's head <laughs> to ride the roller coaster. <laughs> I don't really remember what the roller co- It seemed like it was a lot like Scream Machine yeah, it was. and things like that. That was a mm-hmm. big one. Mm-hmm. You know, I always liked the little roller coaster um, at Disney that was like oh, the Sorry. Br- Rabbit. Yeah. Mm. That was a good one. And the Dahlonega Mine Train. Yeah. That's a good one. Goofy's Barnyard. That was a good one. There's a lot. They of changed good. over the they years. Though. Change. Now it's like Slinky Dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. That's they do change. Mm-hmm. That's a My, good question. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie is a little afraid of them and but doesn't love them. No. We didn't ask her, though. She's not a part of the conversation. I, I was just making the comment. I tr- kind of tricked her to getting on one, though, one time. Oh. <laughs> that might be why she still doesn't like them. Probably so. Probably is. You know, oh, I just feel like if everybody tries it, you probably would like it. But maybe not everybody. Maybe not everybody is made for are made for roller coasters. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, today's message. Oh. With Pastor Jason. Was on fire. Well, he should have been. But on fire. he did just, he just get got, back from the Holy. He just life. got back from being gone to Israel for ten days. Walking, and he hadn't preached in Jesus two walked. or three weeks at least. Oh, he was ready. Oh yeah, he it. it yeah, was well, good. And our service, our the people in our late service, they got fired up right along, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, it was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really good. And he he shared things that I didn't know or hadn't thought about before. Yeah, the whole olive um, press with, conversation. Yeah, being in the, the whole, garden. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, and perspective, the, and yeah, and the first press, and the second press, and the third press, and yeah. um, and how he how he tied how that was such a part of the Jewish culture, right? And how it was used for anything from light to medical and healing to um, cleansing. Cleansing mm-hmm. was. And then, and then tying that into our needs spiritually. Yes. Our spiritual and need what he does for, for us. Life yes. And our spiritual need for healing and our spiritual need for cleansing. And, and yes, how what his death did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hear the only thing that I would say to that is if, if you want to know more, and we'll have this in the show link in the show notes, I will make sure that. Our church's uh, YouTube channel link is in there, and I would encourage you to watch that mm-hmm. message and how and how Pastor Jason was able to uh, really unpack a lot of the things that he saw mm-hmm. in Israel, um, but even more, just things that just came to light and and that were new. I mean, even for. I mean, I've been a Christian for 40-something years and been in ministry for 30-something years, and uh, this was brand new 
to me. It was for me, yeah. I, to hear what he unpacked today. Yes. And so, so worth the time to mm-hmm. let that sink in. Um, it was, it was just, it was an amazing message. Look it forward to the good. next, next couple of messages as we uh, approach Easter, and mm-hmm. we got two more weeks until Easter, and it's, um, it's my favorite time of year. Yeah, it's a great time of year. It is, really is. But the message was just incredible. Loved it. Yep. Um, so I was gone all week. You were. You had um work trip. It was a work trip. Work I was, in quotes. It was a work trip <laughs> for three days and one day was a lot golf. of traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't play very good, but I had fun doing it. Yeah, you said it was um, good. You were right on the water. Yeah, was down at St. Simons with mm-hmm. our FCA directors from the state of Georgia and we uh it was an opportunity for us to um, not only fellowship with each other, but it, for us, it was one of the things that uh, my boss and our uh, vice president for the region of Georgia, he is really focused on how can we as a leadership continue to grow in our leadership and make sure that we have um, that f- what we've always known as is our 5% rule. That you know that five percent is the only thing that we can handle, um, and that we're responsible for, and that being our marriages, our families, our time with the Lord, uh, our prayer life. You know, church. No, nobody else can do those things for us. Right. But the other ninety five percent, typically, those are areas where we can train people up. We can lead people. Um, we can. Um, either delegate, be responsible for, you name it, somebody else can do it. But nobody else can be your husband. Nobody else can be Tyler, Jared, and Lizzie's daddy. Nobody else can do my quiet time. Nobody else can do my exercise for me. I've got to do all those things. So those are the, those are the leading self components for me. And the thing that we were talking about this week is on leading others, leading others. Um, and in this, uh, in this passage or in this experience of leading others, that's where, you know, we have other people on our teams that we lead and we lead them, um, either individually or we lead them organizationally and in teams and, so we had uh, a guy uh, come down, Randy Gravett, come down and um, do some training for us. And he's an incredible leadership guy that loves FCA, loves pouring into us, and was there. And just we were going through our leader's journey um, content. And, man, it was just good to be there, to listen, to learn, take notes. And um, some of the things that I'm going to talk about today are from that, from last week. Oh, good. Okay. So, All right. It was good. I'm glad you had this. And I did get to play golf, but it was not good. <laughs> and Will, Will Parker shot his best round, though. Hey, great for Will. Mm-hmm. Shot his best round. Maybe you were good luck for him. No. 
<laughs> no. I don't know about that. Okay. okay. I don't think I was luck for anybody. For anybody that No. How many balls did you lose? Mm, probably three. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, probably three. Mm-hmm. So, but we played at the King and Prince. Oh, yep. that's a nice one. It is. It was really fun. Okay. So. All right. Our now, girls had a soccer game this week. They, I was a little worried at the beginning of the, at before the beginning of the game. Pre-game, I was like, oh boy, it was hot. We're playing on turf. Uh-huh. And the some of them seemed to be a little whiny. Like <laughs> they were. They, this is really the uh-huh. first warm game they've had to play. It's been pretty cool or not, you know, just not super intense sun. Yeah. Some overcast days that we've played in. And um they did. It was towards the end of the week. I think they're, they do. They get tired towards the end of the week too. So, um, I kind of, I kind of lit into them a little bit. You did, <laughs> but and they came out. They did. They changed their attitudes. We had a good game plan. They had. Yes. They had good attitudes. They did. Um, they embraced the suck mm-hmm. and they came played out, well. Came out it was well. A good game. Out, played, yeah. Um, played really well. Really, really proud of how our girls played. Yes, we are. So one girl that we've been working with, she's finally scored. Finally a goal. got her goal. Yes. Well done, the Eve. Team went yes. crazy. It was it awesome. Was quite a celebration for her success. So cool to see kids I love succeed it when like that. that. Oh, yes. it's beautiful. That's why we do it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's great. All right, well, let's dive into the conversation. Okay. Let's do. So talking about changing direction. Uh huh. The question that I have written down is how do you know when it's time to change your course of direction in life? How do you know? Mm-hmm. How do you know when it's time to change your course of direction? And in this life? could be like professionally. Yes. It can maybe it can a apply. change that way. Yeah. It can okay. apply there. Okay. Um, even personally. Mm-hmm. Maybe with habits or. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that can be. Ruts we've fallen into. Yep, or, that okay. can be anything okay. from. Well, and this is something I heard Randy talk mention uh, the other day. Uh-huh. Is um, you, you behave your way into uh, direction and you behave your way out of that direction or uh, it's something along the but basically what he's saying is if you're going in the wrong direction uh-huh. let's say, let's just use food for example okay all right because i am With eating about uh-huh. to this week go back into my nutrition plan plan yes because i know that i have gotten off i've gotten off that so i was behaving in a certain way uh-huh not going in the direction of my nutrition plan. I was going away from that nutrition plan. So I was behaving that one direction. Uh But in order for me to change, I have to behave my way out of that direction and move into. And begin to behave in a different. In a different way. Yes. You behave your way out of. Okay. um, you, You behave your way into high performance. Okay. You don't just get there. You behave your way there. 
Um, so that would be an example. So uh, you have, how do you know when it's time to change the direction? So yeah, you can okay. talk about it from anything from food intake to careers to uh, personal, professional. You can, this can apply in any number of ways. Okay. All right. And how do we know when it's time to change direction? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. How do you know when it's time? Mm-hmm. So th- this morning in my in my Bible reading, I am into I'm into uh, Deuteronomy now, and in these first parts of Deuteronomy, Moses is obviously still leading the Israelites at this time. And he is communicating things uh, to the Israelites that are from the Lord. And it is at a point in time where the Israelites have been wandering long enough in, in the desert. And they have been circling for 40 years. They've been circling Mount Sinai. All right. So they've been circling and circling for yes. 40 years. And in and in Deuteronomy, God tells Moses to tell the people, you have circled this mountain long enough. Turn north. And when I saw that, I was like, whoa. And so I think some people get into now, first of all, the 40 years, that was part of um, God's discipline on the Israelites uh, because of the, the lack of faith from the spies. Yes. Because I think the original plan, when God, when God brought the Israelites out of Exodus, and I believe God's plan was to move them on into. It should have been a quick journey. Yeah, it should have been a quick journey. It did and not take forty years. It should not they have taken circles. Yeah, they were going in circles, and so, but but Moses sends in spies, twelve yes. spies. Yes. And ten of the twelve yes. come back with a bad report. Right. Saying, we you can't know, do it. We can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. We're going to get beat. They have this, that. Blah. But Joshua and Caleb were like, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but hey, we got God on our side. We can take these people. We're good. Let's go. And and then it that negative behavior infiltrated into the people. And then it was, it did not glorify the Lord. It didn't bring obedience you know, in, in an honor mm-hmm. to the Lord. Yeah. And so God said, all right. So here's your, here's your consequence. 40 years. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. A generation. It was, there were 10 people that, was it four years per, per one of those guys that, was that how, was that how that was calculated? Oh, I don't remember that. It just was a generation. They were not going to. That generation would not. No, go but in. I know there's a calculate. There's a there's a calculation that God used. Oh, like maybe for, for every person who was who of did not believe spies, of the ten uh-huh. spies. I think it was like four years. Okay, and so it was forty yeah. total. Okay, is how they get to forty. Okay, and so they're in this desert, and God gets them to a point where okay. Consequence is over. It is now time to change course. 
it's time to change your direction. You've circled this mountain long enough. Now it's time to move into the promised land. All right. And so I think for us, how can this, how does this apply to us? Well, there comes a point in your journey when you've circled long enough and you need to change your direction. Does that make sense? Yes. There comes a point when you've circled long enough and you need to change your direction. And when you've circled and circled and circled and circled. I think you begin circled, to feel, uh, you know, I think you do. You you sense it. I don't think it's a. Yeah. All and, of a sudden you wake up one day and go, huh, I think I need to change direction today. It's you. It, to me, it's usually something that there's been a leading, a pulling, a sensing. Yeah. Yeah. And here it's God saying, you've circled long enough. Turn, turn north. north. Turn north and head to the promised land. Okay. So how do you know when it's time? Number one, I think that it's important that it's it's in God's timing. Well, how do you know when it's God's timing? Well, to know when it's God's timing, you have to be keeping in step with the Lord. You got to be in tune right. with the Lord, be in communion with the Lord and know where he's leading you and follow him. Here's 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 a here's a thought. If you're always following the Lord, you'll always be going in the right direction. Yes, that's good. How about that? If you're always following, and it following, seems so simple, it's so simple. Like, and, and you why can do apply, we complicate it? You can apply that in your marriage. If your marriage, am I going to choose the right thing? Am I going to choose the wrong thing? Am I the right school, the wrong school, the right job, the wrong job? If we're following Him, just it's follow right. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't overcomplicate it. Right, I like that. If you're always following God, you'll always be going in the right direction. But that's the thing that you know. The his desire for us is that we never stay. You know, he always wants us to grow and mature, and all of our pathways are different for him to accomplish that in us. And I think that yeah, there's just seasons come into our life when there is that leading from him when we're walking in step with him that you know. We we are sensing there needs to be a change mm-hmm. in some something, and I think that in this case, obviously, it's God speaking to the Israelites through Moses. Well, we don't have that, right? Technically, we don't have a person like Moses that that God is speaking to this community of people and saying, <laughs> "You've circled long enough. Turn right." Turn north, whatever. But we do have, um, we do have the light of His Word. Yes, that gives us peace and direction. We have people in our lives who are spiritual people who help to give direction uh-huh. with their wisdom and their knowledge. He puts the, them in our lives because the Scripture is very clear that there is victory in the counsel of many. Mm-hmm. So when you have those people in your life, those people are people that can speak truth and speak direction into you and and for you. Um, 
you know, some, I mean, like you did with me, I don't know what's wrong with you, Spencer, but you need help. That was a, that was a course correction mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And I had to listen and then I had to do and act. So there comes a point in your journey when you've circled long enough and you need to change your direction. What are you looking at? That blinking light. Sorry. ADD. Hello, squirrel. Oh, my. Okay. Be pray. Be present. I am. I am. Yeah. I'm like. Okay. So if we're having this feeling that we need to change, what do we do? Well, you got to start where you are. You got to start right where you are, but you don't have to stay there. Okay. It, and I mentioned this last week. You, it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. And you have to make a decision. Uh-huh. You have to decide. Okay. And then go. Do it. Okay. Make the decision and stick with it. So that's one thing. Okay. Um, because your direction determines your destination. Your direction determines your destination. Now, it may be that somebody's not following God, the the decision may be, you know what? I'm going to follow God because I know if I'm following God, I'm going to be going in the right direction. I may not know exactly what direction or destined my destination is, okay, here on this earth, but I know that if I follow God, I'm going to be going in the right way, in the yeah. right direction, and I'm going to trust Him. Towards a good destination. Yeah. Yes. Because He's going to lead us towards that. Yes. So, um. I think there's also, and a part of that is charting your course. Hmm. Like plan? Like planning. Yes. I mean, Scripture is very clear. A man plans his ways, but God determines the steps. Uh-huh. So it's important for us to plan. It's important, uh, uh, you know, to to plan out. And, I, and, I, and I've got one of these on, on my wall. Two, there's two questions every leader should ask. Number one, what do I want to be true in my life a year from now that's not true today? What do I want to be true in my life a year from now that's not true today? The second question is, is when I wake up, do I look at my phone or do I review my purpose? And those are two questions that every leader should ask. That helps you chart your course. It helps you chart your course. Mm -hmm. And as you chart your course, just know that God's going to determine the steps and we have to flex our plans for his plans Hmm. because God's ways are higher than our ways. God's ways and his thoughts are higher and deeper than our thoughts. Um, And he knows best. He's sovereign. He's Lord. So when you chart your course, is it important to think about, like near future and further out. Yeah, I think so. I do too. I believe so. I mean, it's important to plan in terms of you know what we, what our plan is in terms of house and finances and you know we have a goal financially. I think it's important for us to do that and to and to make decisions that help us to achieve those plans and to stay disciplined along those lines. Um, and I also think that it's important for you to have 
short-term goals, but make sure that those short-term goals are moving in the direction of what the long-term target is. Yeah. That's the main thing. And all of that, I think, goes back to what you said, that it's it's keeping in step with Him mm-hmm. and in tune with His Spirit and His leading and us being flexible to join Him with what He's leading us in. Now, I do think there are some roadblocks to some of these decisions, and I think the biggest uh-huh. one of the biggest roadblocks are those, especially if you're looking at a career change. Yes. Is loyalty. Okay. And loyalty is a good thing. Yes. But it can also be a really bad thing. You can be loyal to a fault and people take mm-hmm. advantage of you. Uh-huh. And that's not good because that loyalty is not coming back to uh, help you. You're being loyal, but yet you're being used. There's only one person. You and I were talking about this the other day. There's only one person, one person that we should be loyal to, and that is to the Lord Jesus. Right. Completely. Completely. Yes. That is that is where our loyalty lies. Well, our I- loyalty does not lie to an organization or to a person. Our loyalty lies to a king. Right. But I think sometimes we don't understand that that, that loyalty, it, I mean, it can have, it can be a season as well. It yes. doesn't mean forever, forever that there's a no expiration because I've, I've joined this group or I've joined up with this job or even a specific occupation. Well, then I've resigned to that forever. Forever. Yeah. That ain't good. Because you haven't. You can still be a very loyal person. I have been a very loyal person at places I've worked, but there have been different places that I've needed to go to and needed to change direction for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess that can be hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and your loyalty. We don't want to let people down. No. Yeah. that That's a biggie. Mm-hmm. You don't want to let people down. But you know what? I don't want to let the Lord down. Right. I want that's to please most him. important. That's what's most important. Yes. What are the roadblocks could there be? Uh, a lack of self-awareness. Mm. Um, I mean, the best leaders are self-aware leaders. Um. The best moms and dads are self-aware moms and dads. Um, the the best teachers are self-aware teachers. The be- the best are self-aware. Hmm. They know their weaknesses. They know where they need. They struggle. They know where they're good at. They have. They are very self-aware. Um, so a lack of self-awareness is a roadblock to this because they don't. They don't really realize. Oh, I need to change. Right. I might have maybe somebody off else needs to change. Or I might have somebody else may need to change. Not me though. Hmm. Yeah. So a lack of awareness. Okay. Um, that would be one. Pride. That would be another roadblock to change. Thinking that yes, you know, I I don't really need to change. I'm good with what I got and what I'm doing. Or just a stubborn pride. Just of, stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm those, good. I'm just gonna keep doing it this way and. I think a lack of relationship with the Lord mm. is a huge factor there. Um, there's a there's a 
maybe, you know, contentment can be good. I mean, Paul was very, mm-hmm. I've learned what it means to be content in any and all situations, but his contentment was based on the Lord's provision and the Lord's strength in his life. Some people's contentment is in things that will not last. And it, it, that's never good. Mm-hmm. When you put your hope and your contentment in the things that will not last, you're not going to last. So, okay. so you said we make a decision, first of all, if we're feeling like there needs to be some kind of change, mm-hmm. just make the decision that you're going to do it. Chart a prayerful a decision. A prayerful decision. Yeah, not a flippant. I, right. right. Yeah. Right. Again, I think it comes really from the Lord's leading. Yeah. We're in communication with Correct. Him constantly. So we make that decision. Yep. And then we said chart a course. Yep. Actually, maybe sit down and write and map some things out and right. with some goals and dreams and aspirations. Well, I think about how to get there. Yeah. So when we talk about chart and course, um, you know, for your birthday and uh, for Christmas, your sister and I tag team to mm-hmm. uh, take you on a sailboat trip. Yes. And counting down the days. Yep. And, and so on that sailboat that your brother-in-law is going to captain for us, mm-hmm. he has he has to chart out our points yes. of port and yes. where we are going to go. Well, to as you chart your course, you're determining your destination uh-huh. and you your direction, you're we'll giving take, yourself that direction to exactly. go. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And then from there, you set your sails to get you in that direction. Mm-hmm. So that is, I think that's a great picture of when we talk about your direction determines your destination. Uh-huh. And you got to you gotta raise your sails and set your sails in such a way with the wind and in the direction uh, of the wind so that you reach your destination. It may take you out a little further. It's not, probably not going to be a straight line. There may be some mm. some switchbacks or whatever you got to do in order to get to where you're going. But eventually you get to that destination because you're going in that direction. It makes me think of connect the dots too. Yeah. You know, that you plot it, you connect, and then you have, mm-hmm. you arrive at the picture of the and, you know, I think some things when it does come, this kind of goes back just a minute, but not the uh, the things that hinder change, but right. maybe the things that cause change. You know, there's life change that happens. There are seasons where you go through challenges and struggles and uh, and and you're like, OK, what next? What is, is this, uh, is this something that I need to change or something I need to change? And do I need to move in a particular direction in order to provide, you know, help and support here? Do I need to adjust my schedule? What, and, and that can, those thing, type of things can, uh, lead to be catalysts for a change of direction mm-hmm. in, in your, in your life. So I wanted to mention that before we wrap up with this next one. All right.
What are you wrapping it up with? Well, did you want to talk about, you know, once you get on your course that just because you mapped it out doesn't always mean it's going to be easy. No, your course of direction, it's going to be filled with hard and it will be filled with threats. Mm -hmm. It'll be filled with hard and it'll be filled with threats. So when go back to the story of Moses and telling the people um, that God saying, Hey, you've circled the mountain long enough. Uh, right. Turn north. But shortly thereafter, God, God told Moses in in that in that um, message to the Israelites, mm -hmm. "Be watchful. Be watchful. Keep your eyes open. Uh -huh. Keep your heads up." And the reason is, is because there were going to be threats. Even though they were changing their direction and he was leading. Yeah. And they had a course yeah. mapped. They yes. were going to cross the yes. Jordan River at mm -hmm. flood stage. Mm -hmm. Now, the Jordan River is not a creek. No. The Jordan River was a river. And God said, now turn north and make your way into the promised land. So they'd already suffered and dealt with 40 years of consequences of a lack of faith. There's a new generation of Israelites that has uh, been raised up that are suffering the consequences of a lack of faith of their forefathers. And now God is saying, it's time to stop circling the mountain, time to turn north, time to cross over the Jordan River and go into the promised land. Well, their first objective is to cross the Jordan River at flood stage. <laughs> so what do they do? They take the ark they put the ark in the river, the the ark of the covenant. Put the ark in the covenant in the river as they're standing there, and what happens? You remember what happens? God parts the waters. The waters part. The river Jordan stops flowing, mm -hmm. and they crossed on dry ground. Sound familiar? It does he started their exodus that way? Yeah, he started with their the Red Sea. Exactly, he started their Exodus that way, and he is he is starting their entrance into the land of land that flows with milk and honey by parting mm -hmm. the Jordan River. But once they get into the Promised Land, the land of Canaan, there are battles they got to fight. Still, still. Yes. Even though it's what he's given them. Yeah. Yes. And so... There was still hard. There was still going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It was not just going to be easy. They had to go in. It was going to be hard. It was going to be... They had threats ar around them. And the thing about the hard, and this is one of the things that I'm learning, especially, especially as we walk through what we're walking through, is that the hard unearths the unbelief that exists in my heart. It's been unearthing the unbelief that exists in my heart. And it is causing me to become way more dependent and way more prayerful and way more specific 
way more aware of who God is, his plan for my life, for your life, for our life, and how much he loves us and that we can pray and we can ask for healing and we can do all of those things. But at the end of the day, God uses the hard to grow us. He uses the hard to extract those things of unbelief out of our lives and makes us um, more and more dependent on him. And he makes us more and more like his son, Jesus. And don't you think that's his intention then for the hard things to do that? Very much so. Yeah. To be a tool to very much so help us yes. recognize those weaknesses and drive us deeper into dependency mm-hmm. upon him. So mm. hard and threats will abound. And I think sometimes we think, well, I'm following him and I'm in step with him and I, he was leading me to do this. Um, and maybe it's an... I don't know, Americanized, first world um, view, that then we think it should just be easier, not too bad. Right. But, yeah. No. It ain't going to be easy. I think to um, refine us, to refine something, it goes through fire, right? And, um for things to come out of the blacksmith's shop, you know, it's hammered and fired and hammered and pulled and stretched. And But I also think and, that while it may be for me or you and how we're growing, mm-hmm. this is also for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't know who. I believe our stories impact others. That's why he gives us a story. It's for his glory, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So through this, with the, you know the course of direction being filled with hard and being filled with uh-huh. threats, we do have to be watchful. We have to be yes. patient. We have to be present. And we have to be deliberate. And remember that you know, in, in the shooting world, they'll say slow is smooth, smooth mm-hmm. is fast. Wait, say that again. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. Smooth is fast. So you want to be slow fast. Slow to pull the trigger. So you want to be fast. It, it, the whole goal in shooting competitions or uh-huh. shooting in general, you want to be fast. Oh. You want to be fast. You want to be quick on the draw. Well, in order to be that way. Then what's the slow? You got to go slow is smooth, smooth is fast. So if you think about it and you do a slow is smooth, smooth is fast mindset, if you try to go fast, like, you know, fast, 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 and you don't have the skill set down yet on the draw and everything, you're going to be choppy. It's going to be rough. Jerky. Okay. Okay. But the more you concentrate on the technique, uh-huh. slow it down, take your time on the shooting piece, uh-huh. the drawing of the weapon, uh-huh. the pulling of the trigger, the breathing, everything that goes into shooting, 
slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And the okay. more you get those repetitions, it just becomes like, it's just natural. The smoothness helps you go fast. It does. Okay. Okay. It really does. Okay. Um, so I say that saying yeah. that be patient through the hard. Don't try to, don't try to force your way through it. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Let the hard happen. Okay. Okay. Um, and then from there. From there, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That was a quote from Dallas Willard. Mm-hmm. We shared that one before. When when you're going through hard and you're going through threats, be patient. Don't get in a hurry. Just let it. One of the things that I'll tell the girls when we're playing soccer, mm-hmm. let the game come to, come to you. Let the game come to you. Don't try to force it. Be patient. And... As the game comes to you, then you make your play. Um, and I think that's important that, okay, let the hard come. Let the let the threats come. But don't get in a hurry to get through them. Let them, let them teach you. Let them pull those things out of you and, and let God use them to unearth what needs to be unearthed in your life. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So in wrapping up, I think we'd all agree that in life, change is inevitable. (laughs) But sometimes we have to step up and make the decision to make some changes, maybe. And our encouragement would be, first and foremost, walking in step with the Lord, spending your personal time with Him in His Word, in prayer, communication with Him, listening to the leading of His Spirit that resides within you. And and if you don't know Him, that would be the first change that you would need to make in your life, is to accept Him. But if you have, you know, as you sense these leadings and stirrings, um, we just want to encourage you to, to to make that decision, to chart a course and to to make a change if necessary. That's a good way to wrap it up. That's good. Well, look, folks, we love you. We are grateful for you. Yes. And we hope that you have a great week this week. If there's anything that Lisa or I can do to pray for you, encourage you in any way, please let us know. You can send us an email. You can send us a message on Instagram. You can uh, shoot me a text. I'll put my text, my number in my in our show notes, and you can send me a message that way as well. But uh, just know we love you. Grateful for you. If yes. you have a time, if you have the time, please leave us a review on wherever it is that you podcast. We would be grateful for that. And uh, share this with friends and family that you know may need to be encouraged. And remember. As always, two Two are better better than than one, and a quarter of three strands is not easily broken. broken.